The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Hey, nah, sexy I'm, boy. I'm actually fine this week, so that's better. So apologies for last week. My voice was doing funny things to people. Let's put it that way. But it's back to normal this week, so... So less work for me to do this week because I absolutely struggled with the podcast. I know um, you had to speak. And I had to speak and, and I had to read and I can't do both at once. I know exactly. So you've come in this week with your turtleneck on. Are we in turtleneck season? It's but, it's winter. Yeah, it was cold this morning because I also do the breakfast show with cats. So I'm up very very early and I'm out the door and it's still very dark and it was cold this morning. Do you lay your clothes out the night before? I do. I fold them up. <laughs> My uh, pair of jeans, pair of socks, my jumper, yep. and my trainers are at the door when I leave the house. Here's a question for you. See your jeans? Yeah. How how many days continuously would you wear your jeans before you wash them? Two weeks. Two weeks? Two weeks. Yeah. Wash my jeans every couple of weeks. <laughs> why, are you looking, why is Princess Callum looking at me like that? Because you look at me as if I'm disgusting. Because I, I think that's quite minging. I don't I, think it is for I jeans. Th- I think that I'm on your side here for a change. I think that's fairly common. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty common. Are you telling me you wear, wash your jeans after every wear? Uh, no, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't wear them for two weeks straight. Yeah, two weeks is plenty uh, time. Aye, they're not uh, bed sheets. Wait, how, wait. Bed sheets are once a week. Oh, I would I'm once a week for my bed sheets and two weeks for my jeans. Unless I spill something on them or something, yeah, of is, or if there's mud kicks up at the back when you've been running around in the mud and the wet when uh, you're taking a dunk for a walk. Are we on the bedsheet still or are we on the jeans? <laughs> <laughs> We're not entirely sure. You haven't clarified, right? Anyway, welcome to episode 16 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Here's Ewan Cameron. I'm Stephen Milk, got producer Callum here as well. In today's episode, we will review all the action from the final weekend of the Scottish Premiership before the World Cup break, and we'll do some more VAR WTF as well. And and it's actually episode 17 because producer Callum didn't update the script in front of me. So he's back to being intern, Callum. It's episode 17 that we're doing, okay? You've just lost your promotion and exactly. one fail swoop. So you're back to being intern, Callum, you tube. We'll also check in on if Scottish football were in space. Some belting answers for that one. We have three different guests on the phone to review their team season so far as well. And remember, you can find us on our usual podcast-providing places. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you fancy. And you can get us on Twitter, at BigFootballScot. And we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. And we will pop up there. Just Google us. We come up at the top anyway. Right, let's get stuck in to today's episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. The Scottish Premiership, you and Cameron, is over until December the 15th. I'm actually looking forward to the break. I'm looking for... I've heard a lot of chat, and we're not going to talk too much about the World Cup because we'll probably go more into it next week, but I, I'm not in the camp of, oh, I'm not, I'm not even excited for the World Cup. I'm a, I actually am looking forward to the World Cup a lot. It's still the World Cup. I know all the issues that come with it. I know all the stuff about it shouldn't be in Qatar, absolutely, but it's still the World Cup. We're still all going to watch it, and I'm still looking forward to actually seeing the teams play. As a football tournament... There is no better tournament on the planet. I love the Champions League. I love the Challenge Europa League, Cup. The, the Challenge, Challenge Cup. I yeah. love it, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I also love the Scottish Cup, the League Cup. I love it all. I love the FA Cup. But yeah. the World Cup for me is without doubt the best football tournament the Czech trade on the trophy, planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a great tournament. The Vanarama. The Vanarama Cup, yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But great the World stuff. Cup is definitely the one yeah. for me. Yeah. 
So yes, I understand it's a bit weird having it the winter time. The World Cup final a week before Christmas is all really bizarre and strange. But once it's up and running, I know the excitement will be there. And the very best of luck to Iran, the USA and Wales. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to our World Cup predictions a little bit later on, but let's actually talk about the Premiership, which finished up at the weekend. Let's start with the lunchtime kickoffs in Mirren versus Rangers. We'll go into the VAR stuff a little bit later on, but we're sat here and it's 20 past 10 on Monday morning. Giovanni Van Bronckers is still the Rangers manager. I don't think he's going to get sacked. I don't think he's going. The talk was at the weekend that if they sack him, they have to pay him £3.5 million and then you're looking at a million pounds plus for the rest of his backroom staff to go with them. So you're looking at close to £5 million to get rid of the manager. Surely in a situation that Rangers find themselves in, it is short-term pain for long-term gain. Take the hit, get rid of the manager now, bring in somebody new during the World Cup break, treat it like a pre-season and give yourself a wee chance of maybe closing the gap on Celtic. Because with Giovanni, it ain't happening. So why are you delaying the inevitable? Why is that happening? I just... They would have done it by now. Surely they would have done it by now. So do you think that they believe that he still has a chance to turn that squad around? Because maybe they're taking into consideration all the injuries. You look at the injuries at the back. Yep. You've got Kimar Roof who's missing as well, up front to help them out. They've missed uh, Tom Lawrence as well. I think it's been a big Tom miss. Lawrence has been a huge miss. You look at Alfredo Morelos, and I'm taking this joke from a pal of mine. The joker of Morelos, he looks like somebody who's won a competition to play for Rangers. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he just doesn't care. I'm looking it's at weird. the Rangers fixtures once the break is over. They start with a home match against Hibs. Then they play Aberdeen away. Then it's Ross County away. Then it's Motherwell at home and then it's Celtic at home on the New Year's Derby. They have to win all those games. They have to win every single one of those games, including the game against Celtic. And under Giovanni, I just don't see it happening. So yeah, get rid of them now, get a new manager in and I'll tell you who would do a brilliant job and who would scare Celtic, Sean Dyche. If Sean Dyche walked into that job during the World Cup to take over at Rangers, Celtic could have a wee worry. Is Sean Dyche going to be taking the Rangers job or... I think he would. Is he going to hold off for a Southampton? Well, maybe not now because Nathan Jones no. has been appointed. But, I, you know, like a, a team but, like that. But there's been a few teams that have been looking for a manager since Sean Dyche got the heave-ho from Bur- Burnley and they haven't gone anywhere near him. He hasn't even had an interview. I was listening to him on Talk Sport for an hour. Talk Sport. Talk Sport. And uh, I was listening to him for an hour. Do you know that he hasn't yet been approached for any of the jobs that have come up since he left Burnley? So that says to me there's a lot of clubs who are not really fancying him just now. If Rangers knock on your door, a bit like Brendan Rodgers, see when he walked away or when he got sacked from Liverpool, nobody was knocking on his door for a job. Celtic job comes around, he gets it, he rejuvenates himself, re... What's the other word I'm looking for? Reinvents himself. Reinvents himself. That's an amazing word. Well That's done. Why I'm here, you know. So he reinvents himself and then he gets the Leicester job. He goes on to Leicester. He nearly finishes in the Champions League places. He wins the FA Cup. Well respected manager. Sean Dyche may have to go take a step back to take two steps forward. I'm not saying going to Rangers as a step back. What I'm I saying think, is... I think that's what you just said no, there, you No, Scottish football... Mm, I think that's uh, what you just said. Scottish football... You said versus, that Rangers were a step back compared with Burnley, is what you're saying. I did not say that's that. That's what you implied. I didn't imply that at all. You, you did. You said Sean Dyche would have to take a step back. I'm so talking, if he was at Burnley... No. And you said he's taking no. a step back, 
You're implying that Rangers are a step back from Burnley, but that's okay, Ewan. We've got you saying that. You're being a troublemaker here. I'm what I'm talking about is walking away from the Premiership and a big job in England to come to Scottish football is a step back. Yeah, big, whether, a big, whether you like a big it or job not, like Burnley, and then you're coming back to Rangers. That's what you're saying. You're, you're saying. Just, is he, I, I just want to make sure that that's what you were saying, Ewan. That's okay. Listen, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Rangers are a bigger team than Burnley, but you're entitled to your opinion. You I know? think that Sean Dyche or a Ralph Hassel, Ralph. Hasson, Ralph Hassenhutl. See, yes, I still can't speak from last week. Yeah. So I think him or Deitch would be a brilliant appointment for Rangers. So you think Hassenhutl would be willing to take the step back to Rangers as well <laughs> from Southampton? Is that what uh, you're okay. Can we move on to the next game? Because I'm not going to win this argument. Because I think people listening and in turn, Cal know exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Mm. It's not about the clubs. It's about the league they play in. Yeah, and you've walked yourself into a corner there. St Mirren, by the way, oh. uh, unbeaten at home since August. Uh, tremendous. And uh, Stephen Robinson is he still going to be there after the winter break as well, the World Cup break? Because Luton are looking for. A manager of the chat is Luton are apparently looking at Stephen Robinson and is he's he on the shortlist. Is he going to take the step back down to Luton from St Mirren? Is that the big <laughs> question, though, Ewan? Would you agree with that? Luton, where's Luton and St Mirren on the grand scheme of things? Didn't Stephen Robinson leave Motherwell to go to England and it failed miserably? Yes. So he might think, do you know what? I want to go and prove a few of my doubters wrong that I have got what it takes to make it in England. Now, Luton are a decent enough side. Championship? They're in the championship, but they've got um, ambitions to, to get into the playoffs. Taking and that step back, though, really? Did you? If you're going from St Mirren to Luton, is that a step back? Mm. But he's listen, you'll get more money. I mean, it's not. I mean, Luton. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, it's to, the only reason you go to Luton is for the money. Yeah. If, you, I mean, nobody wants to live in Luton. It's also the worst airport in the world. It's I, so bad. Yeah. I yeah. locked the doors when I drove through Luton. Yeah. Well, there you are. We'll see what happens with But Stephen if he Robinson. does get the job, that would be a real shame for St. Mirren because I've got to say, they were everybody's relegation favourites. Including mine, and yeah. Mine. And Comple- mine. Completely proved me wrong. So it uh, looks like it's going well for St. Mirren. Elsewhere at the weekend, uh, let's go to Hearts versus Livingston. 1 1. Oh. Uh, I mean, it was a scrambling scrambling draw no it wasn't and just to give you an insight so me and you do the big Saturday football show uh, everyone else apart from Clyde won on a Saturday because obviously Super Scoreboard's on and you were pacing you were pacing the floor you were getting the updates on your phone you were yeah. looking at Twitter and all the rest there and bearing in mind the amount of slagging that you've given Livingston over the course of your life probably yeah. the fact that they're just a diddy team with a plastic pitch and all the rest there mm-hmm. when hearts equalised this man, Ewan Cameron, was bouncing off the walls. He was celebrating like it was a last-minute winner in a World Cup final. And actually, it was an equaliser against Livingston, a team that you have derided for years and years and years. We should have obliterated them. Quite a, quite a pathetic response, I would say. It was, it was basically relief. That's what that was because we because played you, we played well and we created a number of chances. Livingston. We w- should have had a couple of our calls. Won. We should have a couple of our calls. We'll get to that. We'll that, we'll get to that I minute. know that, but I'm just saying, and we deserved that equaliser in the 97th minute. Now there's a lot of talk around the build up to that goal. It gets cleared by Michael Smith, and as Alan Forrest controls the ball, it bounces up, hits him in the hand. He runs down the wing. He crosses. 
There's a bit of a stramash in the box. It falls to Ginelli and then right-footed, he smashes into the roof of the net and then Tynecastle goes... Sparking wild celebrations yeah, in the studio yeah, by June Cameron. We were down to 10 men. We were, Flares we, and everything. No, there was, was smoke bombs. I, can I just say, yeah. he's putting words in my mouth. He's saying things that are not that true. And if this, con- <laughs> and if this continues, I'm going to actually leave the podcast today oh, because he's saying yeah. that I'm saying that Rangers is a step back. That's not true. Yeah, I mean, you said it. Not no, me. I didn't. You he's now suggesting it. I was jumping up and down as if Scotland had you, won the World Cup because you were. I, you were. I fisted. No, 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 no! You didn't. You didn't. You did more than that. It was a double fist. It was. It was everything. You were. You were full in. You were full I, I, in I was happy for the equaliser. Yeah, you were leaping about. You were yeah. going absolutely wild. But again, so, what a job David Martindale's doing. Yes. So fourth on the table for Livingston Amazing. at the break, twenty-three points, uh, two behind Aberdeen, uh, who of course beat Dundee United on Saturday. We'll get to that in just a wee second. But speaking of Livingston, why don't we go to our first guest of today? It is. Callum Brown from Being Sports France and a huge Livingston fan. So we're going to get Callum's review. He joins us on the line right now. How are you doing, Callum? Yeah, I'm well, Stephen. Thank you. Uh, for having me on. I no bother at all because uh, you were slagging you off on Twitter, which instantly makes you a great guy. <laughs> um, so Livingston at the weekend getting the draw against Hearts. Now listen, what a season so far. Ewan was just saying there, David Martindale, what a job he's doing. You, you must be absolutely over the moon. Fourth in the table, 23 points. Yeah, it's um, it's fantastic. Um, it's maybe kind of twinged with a wee bit of you know what what could have been with you know we've dropped a few points. You look at Saturday for example, but yeah, against um, the smaller teams like Hearts, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, to be fair, it's it's four points from the last six, which you and I think predicted zero from the last six. But <laughs> um, no, it's 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 very good. You know, we're we're sitting fourth as you touch on, and we're we're punching above our weight with all. All the big boys clear the hearts as well, so um, that's always that's always great. But yeah, it's um, it's sensational, as I say, to be to be punching above our weight, especially where folk still writing us off at the, the start of the season, which you know you you, you think folk would learn their lessons for Livingston, you know, the last maybe four or five seasons in the top flight now. But um, as I say, we we could potentially be in a healthier position um, with some drop points. You maybe look at St Mirren and Ross County defeats in there as well, but. You know, it's it's absolutely brilliant the the start we've made to the season and the job uh, Davy Martindale's doing. And you know what? Like just as you're saying there, loads of people writing off Livingston as they do at the start of every season. Just let it be on the record that I wasn't one of those people. I said Livingston would be totally fine. I said they would be. No, you said you. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're an absolute liar. <laughs> You've lied about five times on this podcast so far today, Ewan, Right. So listen, let's spin through some quick fire questions, Callum. So who's been the MVP for Livy so far this season? Uh, for me, it would probably be Christian Montano. Just looks a, a totally different player from last season. Okay. Uh, no, hold on. I think it's Nubly. Yeah, Nubly's been excellent. I think just maybe based on improvement for, for last year, Montano just... I think Davy Martindale came out in a press conference and said that he thought Montano's brother was playing for him last year and now it's, it's, the, real, <laughs> it's the real one. So. By, by the way, see when it comes to Nubly, enjoy him while you can because he'll be gone in January. Yeah, I hope your hope your defenders have recovered from Saturday. Actually, um, <laughs> oh, we bullied them about, but um, just wish he'd maybe held it in the corner. Yeah, in the seventh minute, but. Yeah, why is he going for goal? Then it gives us one last chance to get an equaliser. I'll thank him for that. But do you know what? 
I can't give Nubly any greater compliment than this. I would love him at Hearts. Yeah, up, I, a, up alongside Shankland, I think it'd be a brilliant strike force. I don't know if he'd want, be willing to take the step down at this stage, <laughs> to be honest, though, Ewan. Uh, who needs improvement? Who's Who needs improvement, Callum, in terms of the team? Oh, um, possibly going to come across very, very harsh, but just off the top of my head, I think based on well, the, the credit to him from the last few seasons, obviously he's a record appearance holder, but Maybe just the last few weeks. I don't think Scott Pittman's been at it. So you hate um, Scott Pittman? That's, that's <laughs> really, that's really harsh, really harsh, Callum. Honestly, he's an absolute legend at Livingston. There you are, slagging him to death. Hey, where are you going to finish, Callum, in the in the league table? Top six. We'll go top six. Not a chance. Not a chance, mate. Can we mark this down? What's the date? What's it, the date? It's the fourteenth of November. And the time is... 10.34 Callum, the Livingston fan, thinks he'll be top six. Let's mark that down and then phone him back when he dropped to ninth. I think that Livingston are going to finish in the top six Not as a well. chance. So there you are. Me and Callum are on the same page. And just finally, uh, before we let you go, I know you're a busy man. Um, any final words for you and Callum? <laughs> Anything you'd like to say? And uh, just get it up on, basically. Um, mind the gap. <laughs> <laughs> tremendous, tremendous. Right, uh, Callum uh, is a journalist and commentator for Being Sports France. Do you speak French, by the way? We. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Right, so listen, uh, we'll be hearing a lot more from you in the future. I'm sure. All the best to everything. All the best for Livingston for the rest of the season. And thanks for joining us, Callum. Thanks very much, guys. All the best. Cheers, bud. Right, let's move on to one of our other fixtures in the Premiership at the weekend. It was Celtic 2, Ross County 1. Ross County, having won their previous two matches, went in front against Celtic with a controversial penalty call. Don't worry, we'll get to that in just a wee bit. But in terms of Celtic coming back and winning again, what's it, 14 wins out of their 15 matches? I mean, that's incredible form. They're just relentless, aren't they? Yeah. I can't praise Celtic enough for the way that they play their football and they, they live by that that saying we never stop they just never stop VAR tries really hard to stop them because the delays in the games are poor and there's like 8 minutes added on at the weekend there mm-hmm. I was watching a lot of games in the Premiership as well 9 minutes added on 10 minutes added on 7 minutes added on so it's taking the momentum out the game when they're stopping so often for VAR but Celtic have been outstanding. When Ange walked through the door at Celtic Park, everybody, they didn't give him a chance. Nobody did. Nobody in Scottish football gave him a chance. And look at what he's achieved in such a short period of time. Gone and played some great football. And let's not forget, this is without Callum McGregor. Yeah, absolutely. He's back after the World Cup. And I watched a wee clip of Craig Bellamy speaking at the weekend. I don't know if he's... Yes, I did see that. He was on a podcast, I think, and he was talking about... Uh, Ange Postacoglu and how within footballing circles he was very very highly rated and obviously as you were saying yeah. loads of people in Scottish football were like well who's this guy sort yeah. of thing and I think there's a lot of people eating their words there's a really interesting stat that was floating around Twitter over the weekend there 40 league games that Ange Postacoglu has been in charge mm-hmm. alongside Giovanni do you know he's only lost one game and he's 17 points ahead of Rangers that is a staggering stat yeah I mean, that, that's testament to how good Celtic have been. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, um, 
that's maybe the reason why Van Boroncrust hasn't been sacked yet because if you compare Rangers to last season they're not actually that far off No, but Celtic are so much better and yeah. so much further ahead uh, that that's the problem for them in terms of Ross County obviously a couple of wins back to back defeat on Saturday at Parkhead played if, well it played well if somebody's going to offer you a 2-1 defeat at Celtic you're probably going to take it let's be honest and again there's Malcolm Mackay proving his doubters wrong poor start to the season and they're kicked on again why are they so bad at the start of the season no idea and then they just kick on but so, you know I think is Ross County likes a lot of clubs in Scottish football they lose a lot of players in the summer because of contract situation or they've moved on to bigger and better things so you've got to start again nearly every season so it takes time for that team to gel but it just goes to show that Malky McKay when given time with players can turn them into a decent team and again they will be absolutely fine come the end of the season another defeat for Hibs on Saturday as oh, well oh they're plummeting by the way Kilmarnock winning by a goal to nil and uh I mean, what's I've said this a few times. Like, why does he wear those jackets, Lee Johnson? Like, I don't understand. Like, that's the biggest issue I have, and I think a lot of Hibs fans are increasingly coming round to my point of view that he shouldn't be wearing jackets like that if they can't win football matches. I would be worried if I was a Hibs fan. I'm. By the way, I said at the start of the season that I think Hibs are in for a stinker. And looking at the table at the moment, obviously Dundee United, uh, they're eight points clear of Dundee United. They're only five clear of Kilmarnock and Ross County. A win, and yeah. it's all very tight again. But the thing is, though, they're dropping. Yes. They're losing games. Now, I know they're, what, they're only, what, four or five points off third? Yeah. But for me, their form going at the World Cup would be a huge worry. And you'd like to think, from a Hibs perspective, that they'll come back better and stronger for the break. But with Lee Johnson in charge, you just never know what you're going to get. Well, in terms of their fixtures, they're away at Ibrox in their first game back. Then they are taking on, let me see here, they've got Livingston on Christmas Eve as well at home, which obviously isn't going to be an easy match. It'll be Hearts, eh? And then it'll be Hearts for the Derby. But then even in between that, they've got Celtic. So, I mean... There's four games to come back to. They've got quite a tough running fixtures there. So they've got Hearts, Celtic and Rangers and then Livingston who are ahead of them in the table as well yeah so that's the four four S- games after they see come if back. you're going to be honest the only chance they've probably got is the game at home against Livingston of getting three points but the way Livingston are playing you're, that's no guaranteed either yeah Lee Johnson could be out of a job come New Year's day you think he's next for the bullet who's going to last probably. longer Lee Johnson or Gio oh that's a good question I think Gio still gets sat during this World Cup I think he's gone I don't think they'll hold on to him. I'm not entirely sure. I, I'm honestly not sure at all. But anyway, uh, poor for Hibs. Good for Kilmarnock, though, because they've Great. had three or four defeats uh, before that on the spin. They'd fallen off the wagon a wee bit again, and it seems to be their home form that's going to keep them up. I think Derek McInnes will probably have enough to keep Kilmarnock up. They do look a little bit short up front, though, mm-hmm. if there's anything. It looks like they, they are pretty blunt in attack. Like Livingston they have the advantage of the plastic pitch and their home form will be what keeps them up. Mm-hmm. A bit like Livingston. Yeah. So I think they'll be all right. And Denny McInnes is a good manager. Been there, done it, got the t-shirt, so I expect them to be fine. But then who is going to get relegated? Who is going to be in the playoffs? <laughs> this is the thing. Like, somebody, somebody needs to get relegated. I think Dundee United are struggling big time. I think, I, I think they're bottom two. I think Hibs are going to get dragged back in. I wouldn't rule out Motherwell as well. 
I think those three yeah. are on a bit of a sugarly peg. Motherwell, obviously, drawing with St. Johnston at the weekend. It was 1-1 uh, St. Johnston, so I think that's four matches unbeaten for them. Couple of wins, couple of draws. And to talk about St. Johnston's season so far, we have friend of the podcast and face of Sky Sports Scotland, Ailey Barber, is back on the Big Scottish Football Podcast, and you're joining us live from Tenerife. How is it? It's wonderful. I mean, I've been here not quite 24 hours yet, but... Um, yeah, sun is shining. Who was waiting you for were, me? You were on the telly. When was that? Saturday. Saturday. Today's Monday. Also, you yeah. flew out yesterday. We did. Yeah. Uh, no hanging around. No hanging around. Nah. How, how hot is it there just now? Uh, at the moment, it's probably about twenty-two, twenty-three. But mm. it's, uh, it'll get warmer. It'll get warmer. I'm just, not in the sun at the moment. I've just tropical. read there's a hurricane coming your way, so that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tropical storm. Unfortunately, yeah. you and sat here with his turtleneck on, so it's not a pretty, not a pretty sight back here. Uh, so listen, uh, we'll get more of the holiday in just a wee second. But listen, you must be absolutely delighted with the way that St Johnson have turned it around. When you were on the podcast earlier on this season, it was not going well for Callum Davidson again. But you stuck by him As the St Johnson board have obviously done as well And it's paying off I mean look at that form recently oh, Five games without defeat A win against Rangers I mean it should have been a point against Celtic Let's be honest But um, yeah fantastic Top six going into the winter break um, Just perfect Can I need to ask you So you were there at McDermott Park When you beat Rangers <laughs> 2-1 And across the desk yeah. from you is Chris Boyd With a face like thunder how how close were you to just bursting out laughing? I, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I, I gave him a bit more stick this weekend when we were when we were at um, Paisley on Saturday because yeah, at the time I, I just couldn't. Yeah. Is it no? Is it no really tempting though when you when your team have just oh, yeah. beaten Rangers? I mean, there was. I, I didn't hold back when the second goal went in. Don't worry, I was at the back of the studio with the fist pump. So um, yeah, and then I looked over and. <laughs> Stone face for him. So. <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine. Uh, listen, there's been so many outstanding performers in the St. Johnson team, but who's the one that's stuck out for you? Who's made the real difference so far this season, Ailey? Probably the signing of Nicky Clark. Aye. To totally. be honest, um, there's been a lot of ins and outs again, little niggly injuries and stuff. So there's been a bit of chopping and changing. But in terms of what sort of turned the form around, yeah, Nicky Clark coming in. Um, how he's impacted Stevie May. There's goals in the team which we've not been able to say for quite a while. And I mean, his last couple of goals, the one against Rangers, him and Stevie May's interchange on left hand side, and then that finish against St Mirren, um, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I think he's been a, a real difference. I think if you look at St Johnston last season, we all sort of said what they're missing is yeah. goals, basically. And Nicky Clark has scored goals wherever he's been in his career, whether it was Dundee United or Dunfermline, yeah. Queen of the South, Rangers, wherever it's been, he's a top, yeah, top I striker. I believe United let him go. Yeah, I know, absolutely. Helen must be raging. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's doing various hand signals at the moment, uh, but I won't tell you what they are. <laughs> uh, so listen, um, obviously there's been big improvements in the team. So where are you going to finish? at the end of the season if you're going to stick your neck out early? So I always just want to avoid relegation battle, which we didn't manage to do last season. But you always just have that little bit of hope you can sneak into the top six. But I'm going to say anywhere above eighth and I'll be happy. Okay, so sixth at the moment, 21 points, same as St Mirren, point ahead of Hibs, comfortably clear of all the stuff at the bottom at the moment. But obviously, you know that can change. Uh, so listen, Ailey, 
I think St Johnston are going to be fine. I, I think they're top six. I, I think it will be tight. No, I, I think. think I think they're they've got a better chance of finishing top six than Livingston. I think you are wrong. <laughs> I think you're wrong. I know. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I'll take that. I think I think that St Johnston under Callum Davison with Stevie May and Nicky Clark up top. They will finish above Livingston. If they do that, they'll be in the top six. You're just saying that because you know that yeah. Marvin Bartley can hear every single word that you're saying just now as well. Yeah, and he's in Tenerife and he can't get a hold of me. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, how long are you away for, Ailey? As well. Uh, just away for a week. A nice a one. Oh, it's nice, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, good I'll to maybe get maybe sneak in another holiday before um, before football returns, but a week at the moment. Yeah. So uh, what hotel are you in so we can send you some room service? <laughs> um I'm not, I don't know what your room service would be, so I'm not going to divulge that information. I absolutely don't give him anything, Ailey. The man is a total creep. So, um, <laughs> Ailey, enjoy your holiday, pal, and we'll speak to you soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Ailey. So there goes the brilliant Ailey Barber enjoying herself in Tenerife. Not bad for some, eh? All right, for some. Uh, right, one final game in the Premiership. It was Aberdeen 1, Dundee United 0. Um, we're going to save that for now because we've got a guest coming on to review Aberdeen season in just a wee bit. So, a very special guest that we'll speak about. I'll a give you bit a clue later. to who it is. Okay. James McAvoy. Yep. Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese is coming on this podcast. No, 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 but this he's got a connection to this person. James McAvoy is coming on this podcast. No, not James McAvoy. The pers- Robert De Niro is coming no, on this podcast. No, no, no. The, but, he's, he, but he knows Robert De Niro as well. And Joe Pesci no, is coming on this podcast. No, no, no. And he's also best friends with Alex McLeish, a former Scotland manager, Rangers manager, Hibs manager. Willie Miller is coming no, on the podcast. No, no, no. He's a, he's a movie director. So James McAvoy, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, he knows them all. Laurel and Hardy, he knows Steve Coogan he knows really well. Laurel and Hardy? No, he, no, no, he did the movie Laurel and Hardy. Right? right. There was recently out. Right. And Steve Coogan starred in it. He directed that. He directed Filth with James yep. McAvoy. He's going to Martin Scorsese's... Um, it's not much of a clue anymore, is it? Why? Because you've given Just away... Given away but people no, can... no, nobody, nobody knows directors of movies. Nobody knows directors of movies. No, I'm not giving it away. Right, okay, we've got lots to get through. So anyway, that's coming up later on the show. Right, in the championship, let's spin through the results. A cracking win for Ayr on Friday night in the league that nobody wants to win apart from Ayr United at the moment because they are top of the pile and they are looking good. Obviously, the championship will continue throughout the World Cup as well, but they are three points clear at the top. Morton winning on Saturday. They've completely turned it around. They had a horrible start to the season and, you know, they're in cracking form with Effie Ambrose scoring on Saturday as well. George Bowie yes. from Bowie Breakfast was skipping around the office today because Morton are on a brilliant run of form just now. I don't see them maintaining it. Can they get into the playoffs though? Yeah, That's the question. I think why not? They are up to second and they are on the same points as Dundee who have finally, finally hit a bit of form yeah. and they have beaten Wraith Rovers 2-0 at the weekend. Elsewhere, I mean, what's going on at Partly Thistle? I know we mentioned Morton there winning 2-1 but Thistle are absolutely... Ian McCall under a bit of pressure. I was reading some of the replies to the interview that they tweeted out on yeah. Saturday night universally wanting them gone the natives are not happy they are absolutely and obviously there's all the boardroom turmoil Correct. and stuff as well four or five weeks ago they were top of the table yes exactly and now they haven't won it they haven't won a game since they beat Morton 5-1 there you go so there you are so uh, that's what's happening in the championship in terms of Partick Thistle Queen's Park beating Inverness by two goals to one again lots of unhappy Inverness fans with Billy Dodds as well they had a pretty decent start to the season but they've fallen away they are down to 6th 22 
points they're on at the moment and uh, there was one final game in the championship at the weekend and it involved the teams at the bottom so it was Arbroath 1 Cove Rangers 1 Arbroath were leading for so long in that game and Cove got a late equaliser and Oh, it's between Arbroath and Hamilton for going down obviously Hamilton bottom of the table 11 Arbroath on 12 points then a wee gap up to Cove Rangers on 17 it's, it's between those two you would imagine so yeah. you would imagine so in League 1 at the weekend a late equaliser for Airdrie against Peterhead 1-1 it was there Queen of the South actually took the lead against Aloha and then they conceded 5 goals and got beat 5-1 so not Crazy. ideal for Willie Gibson and his men there Dunfermline were 2 goals down at home to Clyde now I had a bad feeling about the game on Saturday you did and the reason for that was because I'm always wary when teams haven't won for ages because they have to win at some point you know that's just the way football works like unless you were breaking from a few years ago teams do win eventually and obviously Clyde have sacked Danny Lennon they brought Jim Duffy in as well who's a really good guy and I actually think he's a really decent manager as well and they were 2-0 up going into the last sort of 15 minutes at Dunfermline and then two penalties for Dunfermline both Stonewallers absolutely no doubt about it whatsoever <laughs> and Kyle Penedictus uh, put them home because he is a penalty expert so 2-2 a sign of champions Ewan Cameron coming from two goals down Dunfermline are a good side they're very difficult to beat they've only lost one game this season they're going to be there or there's about and I think it's definitely between them and Falkirk for the league title and Falkirk got a good win and according to John McAnally who works on Bowie at Breakfast who's a Falkirk fan he was there he said they were brilliant at the weekend and their second goal is probably up there for goal of the season yeah well they can win the goal of the season trophy and we'll take the league one trophy if that's fine <laughs> with me uh, by the way you're saying it's going to be between Dunfermline and Falkirk Montrose nah. level on points with Falkirk they'll fall away they are they haven't fallen away the past few years they beat Kelty Hearts 3-1 at Kelty on Saturday Falkirk won 2-0 by the way um, so it's all looking fairly tight in that battle for second place because obviously Dunfermline are going to win the league fairly comfortably you would imagine right let's drop down any league two finally and Dumbarton are back on top they are five points clear at the top after a 4-0 win against Elgin on Saturday comfortable there it was East 5-2 Albion Rovers 3 Albion Rovers so they could win the league or they could finish bottom according to Ewan Cameron and at the moment they are basically in 8th so they're they're a lot closer to finishing bottom and there's a long way to go yeah but they're also 18 points behind Dumbarton I don't think they're going to win the league elsewhere it was 4-4-1 Bonnie Rig Rose 1 a very late equaliser for Bonnie Rig they are second bottom Bonnie Rig after a really good start to the season they are struggling a little bit now they'll be alright my, my, my dad's involved with Kelty I've said that before and he said what in one-off games teams like Bonnie Rig teams like Auchinleck like if it's a cup game or whatever they can give a bigger team a bloody nose. But yeah. if you're playing teams who are consistently of that level every single week, that makes it much harder. And Bonnie Rigg are absolutely proven that. Do you think they'll get relegated? I, I, think, I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be okay. But I think it just goes to show you, like, yeah, once when they first came up and the adrenaline was pumping yeah. and everything's new and shiny, yeah. that's great. But once you get into the nitty gritty of the season... That's when you find out if the team are actually at that level, and there is a there's probably there's a, a gap. There is a gap between the lone league and uh, league two, and especially if you're playing those teams absolutely every week, as I mentioned as well. Uh, Stirling Albion nil and in two, so a bad re result for Stirling. They fall further behind leaders Dumbarton, and it was Stranraer two. Oh, sorry, Stranraer three, Stenhouse Muir two. So there you are. You're wrapped up with all the results. Let's move on and quickly speak about some of the VAR decisions at the week. Weekend. So we had 
Lots and lots of contentious decisions, and I believe we've even got a theme tune for this as well. La gente está muy loca. What the fuck? Right, VR, WTF. What are we going for first? Where do you want to start, you and Cameron? There's only one place to start, and that's at um, Celtic Park against Ross County. That penalty. Yeah. For Ross County. Now, is, it, is this just not the same as we've had in previous weeks where... Yep, that's a really, really, really harsh decision. I think most level-headed fans would agree with that. But those are the rules. It's just awful. I'm tired of talking about handballs. I mean, according to your Twitter, you're not, because you just go on constantly about it. Yeah, because it needs changing. That handball rule needs changing, because there's no consistency either. I mean, I watched some horrendous decisions over the weekend in England and in Spain, and then you had the one at um, Celtic Park as well. It's never a penalty in a million years. Where's O'Reilly meant to take? Put his arm. When, you, when you're running or you're jockeying, when you're, you, when you're trying to position yourself to defend and a player strikes a ball off your arm at a yard away, I mean, it's just a joke of a decision. And even though that VAR have a look at it, you're thinking, right, they're not going to give that. And they still give the penalty. I think referees are still not quite sure what the law is when it comes to handballs. So as I've said previously, with the Hearts one, with the um, what other one, the, the Dundee United Celtic Dundee United one, one yeah. I, I don't think that's a VAR problem. That's a handball rule problem, and it's a referee. And how the referee interprets it. I read a very funny tweet at the weekend. VAR is only another instrument to help stop Celtic's dominance. Prove me wrong <laughs> at Scottish FA. That would be Celtic who have won 14 out of their 15 matches so far this season and also cruised to the league last season as well. So it's going fairly poorly in <laughs> so, terms of so, an instrument so, for stopping Celtic. So if the referees in the Scottish FA are against Celtic, they've lost one game in their last 40. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not really working, this conspiracy. Like, this conspiracy is... It's uh, the worst conspiracy in the history of conspiracies that there's an entire referee committee agenda a, an agenda against Celtic yet they've only lost one game exactly so there you are I mean yeah only in Scottish that, football that, that, would and, this happen and don't get me wrong I think the decisions some of the decisions have been very very poor but I don't think it's a conspiracy okay look at the four penalties that Celtic have conceded right yep the two against Hearts, yep. Tynecastle, Stonewallers. Yep. Even Celtic would agree with that, right? The other one they conceded was against Dundee United. Now, the laws of the game would say he was in an unnatural position, so it's a penalty. The one where I think they've got a case is the O'Reilly one against Ross County. I can't see how that's a penalty in any way, shape or form, even with the rules as they are. That's never a penalty in a million years. So three out of the four penalties are penalties, whether you like it or not. There's no agenda, there's no conspiracy. Get that out your box. It's just the way the rule is. It's not just happening in Scotland. These decisions are being made right across Europe and happening in World Cups as well. Yeah, and we'll see that in the next week oh, or so. Totally. Uh, let's move on to another one of the incidents from the weekend, which was the penalty that Rangers got in the final 10 minutes at Paisley. So it was initially given by Kevin Clancy as a dive for Ryan Kent. He consulted VAR. He changed his mind, rescinded the yellow card and gave the penalty to Rangers. Now, thoughts, you and Cameron? Well, we were watching that live on the radio in the big Saturday football show. And initially, when you see it in, f in, in, in a live situation and it's happening on the telly, we initially laughed. We thought it was a horrendous decision to overturn the yellow card in the dive. We didn't think it was a penalty. No. 
It's not until it slows down and you see it from a different angle, you can see that there is contact made and the referee was right to go and change the decision and remove the yellow card. But initially, I thought the referee had got it right. And we said it on the radio. Oh, that's never a penalty. Making I, a fool I, of ourselves. I, I said it was ludicrous. You did say it was ludicrous, aye. Do you want to take that back now? You should take it back because it was a ludicrous... Dis- no, you saying you, it was ludicrous yeah. is a ludicrous thing to say. I think... See if he'd given the penalty straight away. I probably would have been like, "Aye, fair enough." That's what. That's why VAR works because they righted a wrong. Yeah, they righted yeah. a wrong. It happens all over Europe. If yeah. the referee has made an error, they go and have a look at it, and they will then rescind the yellow card. Say, "I'm sorry, I made a mistake there. That is a penalty." And Kevin Clancy got that 100 percent right. After looking at it on VAR. So well done to Kevin Clancy. Also, a penalty between Kilmarnock and Hibbs. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Danny Armstrong with the converted penalty. Yeah. Um, It was initially given as a free kick, but VAR ruled that it was inside the box. And it was. And again, they got that right, and that's where VAR works. So there's no argument there. There is no conspiracy. There's no controversy around that. That's why VAR is there, and they corrected the decision and then gave the penalty, which was the right call. So are we saying thumbs up for VAR this weekend? I would say thumbs up overall for VAR in Scotland. I mean, we're new to it, and I think generally speaking, VAR is in a, is, is in a, is in a good enough space, but with uh, room for improvement, Stephen, is the way I would put it. Mm-hmm. So going into the World Cup, I would say it was a B-. minus. A B minus. A B minus. So improvements could be made, basically, yeah? Yes, A B minus. Okay, so WTF VAR will be back after the World Cup because uh, that's the Premiership done and dusted until the 15th of December. Next, let's move on to Aberdeen versus Dundee United. We promise you a very special guest. Who have we got? Ewan Cameron. We've got a Scottish director who's behind the movies, Phil Stan and Ollie, and he's also got a new ITV drama coming out in the new year. It's called Stonehouse, and he's a huge Aberdeen fan. We're delighted to have on the podcast with us today the one and only John S. Baird. Hey, John. Thanks very much for uh, taking me on the show. Right. Um, I know you've got a birthday party to go to tomorrow, which we'll get to in just a second, but you're here to talk football. Yep. First up is Aberdeen, and you're a huge Aberdeen fan. When it comes to how your season is going, what do you think? Well, I have to say, for the first time in a long time, I am um, really encouraged, uh, on the verge of getting excited, if people from the northeast can't ever get that excited, I am on the verge of excitement. Compared with last season, as you say, you know, last season was so rotten under Stephen Glass, and then even when Jim Goodwin came in, it was such a stuttering end to the season, but it looks like he's built a decent side, and I know there have been blips, uh, the Dundee United 4-0 game and stuff like that, and some really disappointing defeats, even last week against Livingston, I know the performance was decent, but the result wasn't. It does feel like Jim Goodwin is building something. Yeah, I really like him. I, 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 I think. First of all, I think he looks like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he's uh, he's uh, he's a handsome young dude. Like, but no, I, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's done. I think he's done really well. I think the players that he's he's taken in, he made a lot of changes from last year. Um, particularly the attacking style. You know, we've obviously got issues, some issues with defending and stuff. That looked a little bit better on Saturday against United. Um. But he's look. I would prefer to to watch a team that is 
chat, like I used to watch West Ham. I lived down in sort of just outside London. I used to go and see West Ham, and their philosophy was always that sort of attack, attack, attack. And if you get beat, look, at least you've gone and you've been entertained and stuff like that, and you've tried, you know. And and I've kind of that philosophy, but but the but I I really think he's good, and I think I think we should invest in him, you know, time and and money and everything, you know. Um, it's a shame it didn't work out with Glass because I really like Stephen Glass and I got to know him a little bit uh, as he was getting a job and stuff and, and um, it's a shame it never worked with him I'm, I'm not sure if he just wasn't hard enough in the dressing room or or what what maybe it wasn't the right players he brought in or what I know he's, he got a lot of backing from the board from Dave but uh, I think this is a I think this is a good one I think it's a, it's, I think you're wrong on a good I'm, I'm one in. I think he is an extremely lucky manager to get the job at Aberdeen, the size of that club, okay. the history of that club. I'm not sure that Jim Goodwin is the man to take you forward and take you to where you need to be. Yes, you're sitting in third just now. I don't think you finish in third place. I think the inconsistencies of the results and the performances under Jim Goodwin would alarm me. And I just think that he ultimately is not what Aberdeen needs. I would like to be proved wrong. He seems like a nice enough guy. But to be getting a job like Aberdeen, wow. And if there's one thing we know about think, you, Ewan, you're proven wrong uh, quite consistently. So, uh, John, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you're really I need, consistent. <laughs> sometimes I need to get it right. I just I've got my doubts about Aberdeen, and I know a few Aberdeen fans that have got their doubts about him as well. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope it works out. I tell you what, Aberdeen fans were were so spoiled uh, uh, in my generation growing up that that there's this massive pressure at whoever comes in to succeed very quickly, you know. And I think that they're going to have to stop at that. You know, because I think there's just this sometimes an unrealistic expectation. Um, I know a lot of my mates are like that as well, and, and sometimes it's just to sit down and say, "Look, for the resources we've got, and, and for you know the support we've got, and stuff like that, just you know take the good times. We haven't won enough trophies, definitely not. You guys probably talk about us all the time as well. I don't think they're giving enough time. I think we need to give them a time and see. It's a results driven business and if you're pissed you're at the door. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, 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 that's pretty much it. That's you know what you're 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 bang on air, you you are actually bang on air. It's the same with the film industry as well, right? Aye. You make a shite film, it doesn't make any money, right? It doesn't matter how much plaudits and five star reviews it gets, it doesn't make any money, fucking forget about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're talking from experience there, mate, but we'll get to your movies in just a second. <laughs> I'm going to spin through some really quick questions, John. So, uh, quick fire answers. Who's been Aberdeen's top performer this season? Who's the MVP? Is uh, Duke. Yep. Oh, good shout. Yeah, I agree with that. Lots of people absolutely raving about them. Where are you going to finish this season? What position? Third. <laughs> Just like some of your movies, like Laurel and Hardy, which I laughed at, that is a big laugh. That that's a comedy sketch. That Aberdeen. <laughs> well, actually, you've actually you've actually got the wrong title. It's called Stan and Ollie. It was about Laurel and Hardy. It was called Stan and Ollie. But never mind. I want to pull you up again on that one. <laughs> oh, amazing! I love it when you and get stuff wrong, which happens all the time. Okay, mate. <laughs> uh, and finally, I believe you're off to a big birthday party this week. Can we all come with you? <laughs> You know, if I had a ticket for everybody that asked me, there would be a thousand people who was going. How come John Baird, the Aberdeen fan, gets an invite to the birthday party of Martin Scorsese, one of the greatest living directors in history? You know what, as well, I got it from Leonardo DiCaprio. That's who the, that's who the invite came through as well. So that's a double bubble for you. Um, yeah. You're such a prick, by now, the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. What an arsehole, eh? Uh, 
but uh, yeah, no, I, I worked with him like seven years ago in New York on a thing called Vinyl, which was a show for HBO that it was a shame it didn't go to a second series, but uh, it was an amazing experience to work with him. And I just have kept in contact with him since he's given me a lot of advice. And every time I go to New York, I go and see him or when he comes to London, he'll, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go and meet him up. So he's just became a really good mentor for me. And for whatever, it's probably because he can't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I was, was going to say, John, I mean, your accent's fairly thick. I mean, how do the Americans deal with that? I, you know what? I've been in, I've been, I can go way thicker than this as well. If I go into pure Doric, if I go into pure Northeast thing, I will be lost. But um, I, uh, I've, been, I've lived in the south of England for 26 years. So I've actually lived in England longer than I've lived in Scotland. And, just because, you know, I've still got all my mates back home. I speak to them all each day and stuff. And I just, you know, it's part of you. You can't, you can't lose it, can you? So, but, the, you know, the Yanks do struggle sometimes. I have to say, it's quite, it's quite funny. You ask them the time and you say, you got a time? And they'll go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John, you, um, you famously cast Alex McLeish as an extra in your movie, Stan and Ollie. And there's there's yeah. a there's a scene in Stan and Ollie where Alex McLeish is in the background reading a newspaper, um, because That's I know right. how much of a fan you're of Alex McLeish and you're good friends with him, and you asked him to be in the movie and he did it. So here's my question for you: Which Aberdeen player or manager would you cast in your next movie? Uh, Past or present? It has, well, has to be has to be Willie Miller. I mean, the god, <laughs> you know, the legend. You know, it has to be Willie Miller. Or else John Hewitt because because he's a local, you yeah. know, he's, he's an Aberdeen guy. Uh, but no, Willie, I mean, Willie Miller, he has to be Willie Miller. Would it be Willie Miller in a horror movie? What kind of movie would it be? It'd be a really dark sort of doer <laughs> drama. <I mean. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, it wouldn't be a comedy, I would just say. you get the question of comedy. I don't think you'd get you did stand in Ollie. You did um, filth yeah. with um, James McAvoy, and I was at the premiere for that in Edinburgh when it first came out. Brilliant movie. Um, you obviously know Martin Scorsese. You're pals with Leonardo DiCaprio, but you've got a drama coming out on ITV. I have to stop you there. I'm not pals with Leonardo DiCaprio. I've never met the guy, uh, but it just happened to be the invite for us. Scorsese party came from. He was hosting the thing, so I'm kind of blown. I'm blowing it up a little bit. Right. Okay. Uh, we're going anyway, to we're going to edit that bit out so it stays as if you're friends <laughs> with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> so you've got okay, a drama but, coming but, uh, on ITV. I've got a. I've got a. Uh, it's a drama coming out on the third of January. Uh, it's called Stonehouse on ITV. Uh, it's a three-part series. It's a true story of. It's a comedy drama, really a true story starring Matthew McFadden from Succession fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about a, a MP, a former cabinet minister called John Stonehouse, who infamously faked his own death in the 1970s. Um, he was under, he was he was up to no good. He was, he's a real sort of, sort of wild character, this guy. And uh, he was up to all, up to no good. He was spying for Czechoslovakia and he was, um, he, he was having affairs and he was, you know, he was, his financial situation was, 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 Incredibly dodgy. And anyway, they were about to expose him, and he, and he, um, he decided to go and fake his own death. So the story is all about uh, the aftermath of that and what happened to him, you know. Um, but it's very funny. I'm really, really pleased. But I think it's the best thing I've ever done, to be honest. The best thing you've ever so, done. I think. I think it is. I really do. I really, really. I'm so proud of it. You know. By the, by the um, way, John, you know it's funny you say that, like because obviously you you've done lots of movies and stuff as well. But there's something special about doing a big proper 9 p.m. ITV drama thing because like you think yeah. of all the classics over the years, Line of Duty and all that, you know stuff like that. That they they're still such they're they're still so massive here in yeah. the UK, aren't they? 
Yeah, I think that's it. I think terrestrial TV is still massive in the UK and it's just part of our culture. I think movies is a bigger thing for the US, you know, the US sort of culture uh, in terms of, you know, how, how it's regarded. I think we do still, you know, put a lot of sort of uh, weight onto, you know, decent TV and, 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 and even watching it live as opposed to streaming. So yeah. I think something about just it being trailed over Christmas and it being the big launch for ITV next year and, you know, getting that instant sort of feedback from people as, as the country's watching it. It feels as though it's that kind of, it feels as though it's that kind of drama. And, and, and I haven't done one of them before. You know? So um, I'm, I'm really excited. The money isn't as good, I have to say, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can I ask but you, the, where, where, did the, you, where did you make your most money directing a movie? Uh, Tetris, the one I've just done uh, for Apple. That, that looks right. We shot it all in Scotland. Did you shoot it all in Scotland, all yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah. We shot the whole thing in Scotland. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. We, we changed Aberdeen into Moscow, uh, and we changed Glasgow into... We, we had a we had a shoot in Edinburgh that was uh, supposed to be in the Kremlin, and the interior in Edinburgh, and a library in Edinburgh. And we, we shot the rest in, in Glasgow and Aberdeen, turned it all mainly into Moscow. There's bits of Japan, there's bits of Seattle as well, but we did the whole thing in Scotland during the pandemic. And uh, that comes out in Apple in March, yeah. But that hold, was a big payday. Wait, wait, hold on a second. So it's a big payday for you. You film in Scotland, Aberdeen, Edinburgh, Glasgow. At no point yeah. did you get a phone. Did I get a phone call about being an extra? What the fuck are you doing, man? You don't look Russian enough. Do you know what I mean? I mean, look, <laughs> look a bit rough around the edges, but but you weren't even rough enough for 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 Soviet for Soviet Union in, in the late eighties. Right. Okay. Um, I love how you've just picked. You've picked Aberdeen, Presswick Airport, and thought, yep. Soviet Russia. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go to Russia. We can just turn them into Soviet Russia. That's perfect. We did. We did. Which Presswick Airport turned into uh, Moscow Airport, um, and it was. It was. We were shooting there in February, right? And it was minus. I think it was minus twelve one night. We shot in Presswick Airport. Absolutely unbelievable. But um, but no, we had a great time. Loved the experience. Great experience. And again. We'll, I could maybe come on nearer the time just to plug out one. But yeah, yeah, yeah when, when Aberdeen uh, are sitting fifth in the league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, when they come back on to plug it, even if Aberdeen are having a nightmare. So, uh, listen, John Baird, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us uh, and good luck with the new ITV drama. It's called Stonehouse. It's out on the 3rd of January. Make sure you check that out. And all the best for Aberdeen for the rest of the season as well, John. Thank you, chaps. Really nice talking to you as always and uh, good luck with everything, yeah? Okay, thank you very much to John S. Baird. Let's move on to this. If Scottish football were in space, you came up with the goods. Thank you to Paul Kavanagh, who says David Marshandale. <laughs> very good. I'm not, can I just say I'm not reading any okay. of these out Timo Milky Ware George Ware ah, Well no his son He was at Celtic remember Oh so he was Yeah. Hello to Jason Howden Rocket Bushiri Lots of Rocket Bushiris Lots of Rocket Bushiris uh, Sputnik Colgan <laughs> Sputnik Colgan Nick Colgan Nick, Nick Colgan yeah, yeah well done uh, Obelai Kenobi. Oh, aye, aye. I like this yeah. from John Green as well. Carol Starfleet. <laughs> and 
Hoopy the Hubble Hound. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. That's very good. Uh, we also have Mark Thompson saying, One small step for Bobby Man. <laughs> very good, Mark. Very good. Uh, right, from Dave N84, Mars Viduka. We've got Ivan Galactica from Manny Francis. George Space Cadet. Yeah, 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 that's their name. I don't get these a lot. No, you don't. I and can't so we speak English either. As we found out on last week's episode. Uh, RW72, Connor Gold's son, uh, Space Doc Steen. <laughs> What's the sun got to do with space? What's the sun got to do with space? Yeah. The sun's in space, you clown. Yeah, I know it's in space, but I thought... So you're just naming planets now? Well, it's our planets not to do with space. Well, everything you've read out so far has been like about, like... A, a rocket or a Hubble's telescope or something. Sometimes you say stuff and <laughs> I wonder if your mouth is connected to a brain. <laughs> and I, I, I think it can be. NASA Novo. <laughs> um, Aurora Borelos. That's from Smiley Borelos, Face. Borelos. Space Rangers FC from John Bleasdale. Hello to you. Scott Alien. Scott, Scott Allen. Allen. Yeah. And that's shite. Barrington Chesterfield hello to you and a galaxy far far away <laughs> that's from Swiggity Sweety uh, Plutony Watt nah Orion Jack Orion Jack's good yep Super Wanyama Massive Black Hole <laughs> that's from Guy Breton uh, Galaxy Eremenko from Nicky Breslin Beam Me Up Scotty Arfield Captain Kirk Broadfoot Major Tom Lawrence that's from Simon McQueen. Major Ste- Tom Lawrence, what's that? Major Tom Lawrence. Grand control. Grand control to Major Tom. Now we're doing songs now as well. What's yeah, that going to do? Uh, do with space? Because it's a space-themed song. Right, Ste- okay. Stevie, may the force be with you. That's good. That's from the Dogger Saints podcast, St. Johnson podcast. Flash Gordon DL. Spock Steen. That's from Chrissy T. Aloha versus Predator. <laughs> That's from Jackman82. Um, the Empire Strikes Bacchus from Lewis Smith. Shooting Pars from Alexander Wilson. Apollo 11 Partick Thistle Nil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't find the person who sent that in. Sorry about that. Uh, Meteor Andre Flo from George Burns. Nah. Uh, Elon Muscat. Nah. Apollo De Canio from Kenny Burgess that's okay that's not bad uh, to Inverness Cali Thistle and Beyond <laughs> from Ricky Spence and Space Mandy Halliday because Andy Halliday hadn't appeared yet that's from JD what are we going for for the winner what are you thinking you? one small step for Bobby Mann I like well done to Mark Thompson you have won this week's if Scotland and Scottish football were in space congratulations Mark toast your victory you've won Hee-haw! Hee-haw! I was really confused with that. I didn't didn't like that one. Why not? I was so confused by that. What's confusing about that? The whole thing. What are we doing next week? Next week, we are looking for if Scottish football were under the sea. What more is you looking for? Under the sea. Under the sea. Under For the example, sea. darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Under the sea. Right. You could have Joctopus Steen, <laughs> <laughs> which is very good. Uh, Josh 
Jellyfish. Oh, Janelli. Josh Janellyfish. Darren Barnacle. Uh, Gary Locke. Gary Locke, yeah. Ocean Sean Rooney. It's just Ocean Rooney. Ocean. Ocean Rooney. Ocean Rooney. Right, you can do better than that. It is at Big Football Scott on Twitter, or you can search Big Scottish Football Podcast. On Facebook and Instagram, we'll stick it up there as well and you can get in touch. Thank you very much. If Scottish football were under the sea. Right, okay. Uh, that's just about it, by the way. It's been uh, quite a lengthy podcast today. Busy, eh? Busy. So, say goodbye. This has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Thank you to John S. Baird, to Ailey Barber and to Callum Brown for their third of the season review. So, thank I'm you clapping. to... clapping. What's wrong with that? I was, I was going to thank you, you and Cameron, but you're actually doing my boxing. So, uh, thank you to you for uh, sticking with us this far. Please stop, tell me to stop that. Stop. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider that you use so you don't miss a podcast. It'll drop straight into your inbox. Keep an eye on our socials for a Scottish football where underwater so get in touch for that that is at Big Football Scott on Twitter and we'll be back next Monday as we mentioned for another show enjoy your week ladies and gentlemen we shall return 